All right, welcome to the show. This is always fun when we talk tech and um, more than anything else, it's a little bit of a special morning. We got Dr. Mahesh Shankaran, who's the winner of the Infosys Prize for 2021 in the Life Sciences category with us on the show. Listening to Good Morning Bangalore. Good Morning Bangalore on 94.3 Radio 1. Firstly, Dr. Sankaran, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for being um, you know, in conversation with us, and I hope you're doing all right. Yeah, great. Thank you for having me on the show. Thanks also to Infosys Science Foundation for awarding me this prestigious uh, Infosys Prize in the Life Sciences. It's, uh, it's a privilege and it's wonderful to be here. You actually are a professor of ecology and evolution at uh, the National Center for Biological Sciences in Bangalore. I have to tell you, I'm very often on your campus, although I don't know if I should be saying this on you know public platforms because I don't think everybody is allowed in there. Am I right in saying that? <laughs> I mean, people are welcome to come in as long as you know they sign up, there's a reason to come in. Uh, oh, I just come for a morning run, to be honest. Is that allowed? <laughs> oh, that would be in the GKVK campus. Uh, yes, uh, yes, yes. Our campus just... Uh, yeah, small offshoot of that. Fantastic. So I believe your area, of course, is in is also in uh, community and ecosystem ecology, and your lab looks at interactions and feedbacks between climate, uh, biogeochemistry, and fires and uh, herbivore influence in ecosystems. Let me ask you about first things first. The Enforcers Prize 2021. I, I don't think anybody, or you know, especially anyone from your field, really looks at the laurels, uh, you know, the laurels that come with it, rather than at the work first. So I don't think was this something very unexpected for you, personally? Personally, and did it come as a surprise or what was that like? Yeah, it was indeed a very pleasant surprise and it was pretty gratifying because, you know, I think, I believe it's the first time that uh, somebody who's working in ecology has right. been awarded, uh, you know, the Life Science Prize. So in that sense, yeah, it's, it's really gratifying to see that the ecological sciences are uh, getting more attention and getting the attention they deserve, I would say, uh, because we're facing major ecological problems at the current time and like yeah so ecology the importance of ecology is only going to go up i believe in can i ask you from a perspective of india what you would say as the major hurdles you see us facing in the coming years or that we're already going through that really need to be pointed out and then after you kind of you know um to india if you could kind of zoom into to karnataka more specifically and give us that kind of uh, view a little bit, if you don't mind. Many of these problems are not specific to India. I think we are in the middle of a climate crisis. Yes. Climate is changing very rapidly. Mm. Uh, we are also in the middle of a biodiversity crisis. Uh, we're losing species at an alarming rate. And I mean, th these things are happening elsewhere, but it is a very interesting place. Because if you look at the wildlife uh, around us, we have this amazing ability to coexist with wildlife. So many of the other places, you know, uh, Having such wildlife with such high population densities is unimaginable. Right. Whereas in India, we still have most of our wildlife, which is, I believe, uh, I think is an amazing feat. So in that sense, there's something really good uh, that we've done in the past about India. So what's changed, if I may ask you, you know, from a perspective, if you're saying we're doing good, have we done something drastically different compared to the rest of the world, or in your opinion, or, or what, what is it really? Uh, no, I, I just think 
we have whatever the cultural, religious, or social drivers behind it. I mean, tolerance for wildlife is is much more here typically in India than I would say in many other parts of the world. Right. So in that sense, we've still managed to maintain. a lot of our wildlife and a lot of it exists outside protected areas but as populations grow we're going to come into contact with more and more wildlife and conflicts are going to go up uh, so it's not something that we should take for granted just because we've sure. been coexisting with it in the past that's sure. going to continue the three challenges of climate biodiversity and human populations and the societal challenges that go with it these three are interlinked and these three things we need to be considering you can correct me if i'm wrong here not many people i think are aware of the massive role of things like grasslands and forests in mitigating climate change is that something that you very commonly still come across even in your daily conversations say for example with maybe friends or family who are not so well versed with with this part of of your life that you deal with yeah absolutely and this is not something that's india specific it seems to be much more widespread that for some reason people seem to value forests more than they value grasslands and savanna ecosystems right. i'm not saying this is a global phenomenon there's many country i mean many countries in africa for example that have extensive savannas that realize the sort of importance of savanna yeah. ecosystems yeah but you're right for some reason people have a term for it biome awareness disparity okay. so apparently uh, you know we seem to disregard savannas but consider forests as good habitats Yeah. Um so from a pers- from from that perspective even things like say for example you know mangroves for example right they're so important in in mitigating a lot of different climate change out there and and you started by talking to us a little bit about wildlife and and their you know kind of intertwining in our, in our human ecosystems and what not of late the only reason that we kind of have been looking at wildlife is of course we we say that hey certain virus outbreaks have happened from wildlife uh, and human interaction with wildlife i would also love to kind of focus on from your perspective how you feel india can be better prepared for maybe at the next novel zoonotic virus outbreak in the future i personally don't work on disease and disease outbreaks right i'm so i'm referring to from the perspective in of integrating biodiversity with urban planning Okay. uh by the way yes so given that disclaimer and based on based on my knowledge so if we talk about spillover events so these are uh events when pathogen pathogens uh, such as viruses or any other pathogen jumps from its natural host it might be a bat or uh you know rodent to then infect humans so these are things like uh you know like the covid-19 obviously ebola and so on so these are extremely hard you know to predict when exactly or where exactly these things are going to happen but what we can do however is predict the areas or regions where the probability of such spillover is high mm. right so these are areas that are, have high biodiversity so they have a lot of potential hosts they have high human population densities and the interface between humans and population and the wildlife is high Right. So if we can identify those areas then we can set up what are called sentinel surveillance sites. The one health approach I don't know if you you may have heard about this this is an approach that's gaining a lot of traction in recent years and this is the idea that you know public health is not just a human health issue but it's also intimately linked to animal health that's both domestic and wildlife and ecosystem health. Actually predicting where and when these spillover events occur. So and spillover events are events where a pathogen such as a virus or any other pathogen jumps from its natural host 
uh, like bats and rodents to infect humans, it's very hard to predict sure. exactly when and where that's going to happen. Mm. But what we can do is identify areas or regions where it is more likely to happen. Mm. And so these are areas that have high uh, biodiversity, so a whole range of different uh, potential hosts. They have high human populations and a high interface between the two. And so if we identify these areas, then we can set up uh, sentinel surveillance testing uh, sites in these in these areas uh, under the One Health approach, which many of you may have already heard heard about. And essentially, what the One Health approach is is that it looks at public health as not just a human health issue, but also related to animal health as well as ecosystem health. Okay. And under such uh, you know such a scheme, the surveillance sites would involve doctors. Uh, veterinarians, public health officials, uh, testing laboratories, ecologists, and so on, uh, that will frequently and periodically, you know, look for uh, these pathogens in wildlife, in domestic uh, animals, and in humans, so that you can detect, uh, you know, these uh, out these spillover events or emerging uh, infectious diseases. Got it. And so then you can control it uh, in a better manner. Yeah. Got it. Uh, moving away from the serious stuff for a second <laughs> and everything about your work uh, you know and let's get us probably get a little lighter on a lighter note i've heard this rumor that you can confirm whether it's true or not that professors at ncbs cannot start their morning without a cup of coffee and a nice belting of some idlis or something like that in the canteen is that true well i don't know about uh, i i can't speak about other professors but for me definitely i can't start my morning without a cup of coffee um, <laughs> so it's you know, true. the idlis the idlis i can take or leave uh, but the coffee is a must okay yeah. <laughs> nice um professor of course in your in your tenure of work i mean you've been in the um uh, field of science for if i may ask how many how many years now how long has it been to uh, usually people oh, when i ask this question for someone like you you usually like what is they say too long <laughs> yeah it's too long it's about 30 plus years now somewhere around that right yeah. i'm sure in you know over the trajectory of your career there have been certain moments that have really stood out more than others other than of course the recent uh, infosys prize for 2021 in the life sciences category could you perhaps recall for us another moment that was so significant and why it made such an impact in your life well there have been quite a few moments many of them in the field i do a lot of field work and of course being out in the field and you know seeing a species for the first time or coming across elephants when you're driving through the bush uh, i mean these are all just amazing experiences that you know you sort of tend to take to the grave with sure uh, so, but from more i would say if it just talking about the work then yeah a lot of uh, eureka moments when you know you first got the data that you know you'd spend years collecting and then you sort of looked at it and said oh wow this looks great and uh, yeah those are moments to remember and also being involved with uh, international policy like uh, the ipbes and the ipcc that was an eye opener in terms of how how things work at the policy uh, at the international policy level so lovely I have enjoyed uh, getting a little bit of a window into your world a little bit for this little chat but uh, I think we once again at uh, you know on a parting note I'd like to say congratulations again on the Infosys prize on all the work that you've been doing and um for I I think that uh, I, one thing that I didn't understand in our entire chat for sure is the fact that you go actually into the wild to look for wildlife we've got 
beautiful animals on the roads of Bangalore. You just need to drive around a little bit. So, um, <laughs> so on that note, thank you for the work that you do. And it's been really fun chatting with you. And thank you for your time. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. And thanks uh, again to the Infosys Science Foundation for the award. Yeah. Awesome. For those of you who are, you know, kind of watching slash listening to this and you've never heard of the Infosys Science Foundation before. I'm a little surprised, but they've been encouraging promoting and research, uh, promoting research culture to help foster a more collaborative environment by giving researchers a chance to share their experiences um, and their success. So Dr. Sankaran is just one of the many winners in the various categories. Thanks again, Dr. Sankaran. And um, I hope you continue to enjoy that cup of coffee every morning. Thank you. Thank you. I will. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, get to know him off air too. Have you followed him on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter yet? At Off Air with K. Slide into his DMs now. 94.3 Radio 1. One World, your station.